Let's begin by all joining together and by praying. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock, you are our redeemer. Amen. Giving gifts is fun. It's really the best when you know somebody well enough that you can pick out the perfect gift for them. You go to the store and you see it there, you buy it, you take it home, and then it's kind of crazy. Your excitement builds until you get to watch them open it and you see their face light up. Not much compares to giving gifts to kids. Even little dumb gifts like glow sticks, right? Even that little thing, it was really fun last night wrapping these and thinking about that experience and, and thinking about the smiles and the joy that was going to come from these things because it's an easy way to show somebody that you care about them, you love them, a physical thing for them to touch and to hold and to have maybe. And one of the best feelings is giving a gift like we did as a group this last week when we donated to the Chew the Children's Healthy Eating on the Weekend program here in Jacksonville. We donated 449 cans of food, 648 snacks, individual meal type things, five boxes of spaghetti, five bags of rice. And it was such a great gift because we know that food is going to go to kids and families that need it, and it's going to help and be a real blessing for them. Giving gifts is this awesome experience that we as people get to have. Now, we know God is spirit, and God is not bound by human emotions, but I can't help but picture God as he gives us gifts. He paints the sky with these beautiful eastern North Carolina sunrises and sunsets, and then he allows us to see it and to watch it as it happens. He watches over the fields and fills them full of crops that grow from tiny seeds, so much full that when you and I go to the grocery store, there's actually food there for us to buy and to eat. He provides family and friends and community to support you and to hold you up, to strengthen you and comfort you, to laugh together, to live life together. I mean, I think about God giving us gifts like that, and I picture him watching us experience those gifts with joy in his heart and this big smile on his face. But I can't tell you what God looks like giving gifts. I do know one other thing, though. I do know what drives God to give gifts. I do know where this comes from. This comes from his grace for us, his undeserved love. And today, this is what we get to think about. This is what we want to try to figure out is this picture of how these two things work together, God's grace and God's gifts for us. And he wants us to have this image in our heads when we think about his grace. He wants us to picture a gift. I think for us to understand God's gift of his grace to us and what it really looks like, we got to understand ourselves a little bit better. And that's where Paul's letter to the Ephesians starts. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins 
in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. God starts with brutal honesty up front. Apart from him and his work, people are spiritually dead. Because instead of following him, by nature, people want the things that this sin-messed-up world tells them to go after. By nature, people listen to the devil who influences people to go away from God's good plan for life. The wrong path is the path that by nature people choose, and all along that path is death. But then the honesty gets brutal and personal. Because including the writer, Paul makes it so that none of us can say that's not me. He says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Nobody's excluded. Nobody's better than anybody else. By nature, all people make the same mistakes and deserve the consequences that come down, come from heading down those wrong paths that we walk down. I think that's the kind of thing that must have been on the minds of the people who got this letter, the Christians in Ephesus, when they read it through the first time. Because you see, Ephesus was this city in ancient culture times which was a massive city, well known for one thing, worshiping the, the god Artemis. So most of the people who were listening to this that were Christians, probably at one point in their life, they had gone and they had bought these little idol statues that they could take into their home. And they could probably remembering remember bowing down to those statues and praying to those statues, and honoring those statues, and then buying bigger and nicer statues. And how God is describing people who go down the wrong path and, and do the wrong kinds of things. How could they not have those memories flood back into their head and in their hearts? Those memories would have created a big challenge to match up God's grace, which he says is for them, and the lives that they had lived. Let's wrestle with this challenge for a minute, too. We're going to play a game uh, called Do They Deserve It? I'm going to give a couple scenarios. Uh, we're going to have details before each scenario. And at the end, I'm going to ask you, do they deserve it? If you feel like nodding, yes or no, you can. Otherwise, I'm going to tell by your faces what you think. Uh, it's going to be obvious. But let's, let's wrestle with this a little bit, too, okay? So, you have a kid, and your kid begs you for a Nintendo Switch. In fact, it hasn't been like a month or a day. It's been like a year. They're waiting for this. They beg you. And so, finally, you say, okay, I'm going to buy it for you. And you do, and you buy the $60 game that they want, $60 more on top of it, and you buy it for them, and you give it to them. And the first week, it's awesome, and they play it and they take care of it, and then it goes on the charging dock, and everything's good. And then after that first week, you see something weird outside, and there it is on the lawn, out in the middle of the summer heat, 
later you watch them as they're eating food and they spill all over the top of it. Just all over the whole thing. And then the next day, you ask, hey, where's the switch? And they answer, I don't know. Do they deserve it? How about the new driver in your family, the one who just got their driver's license, and you've been saving up for this moment for a long time to celebrate and to party and enjoy, and you buy them a new car. And you can see on their face the joy of this gift, the excitement. They love you. They hug you. They promise, I love it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do everything for this car. And, and for a little bit, they do. And then the check engine light comes on, and they ignore it. Oh, that one night they forgot that the sunroof was open and that night it poured and so the car got soaked with water. To top things off, that was also the same week that they finally got busted for speeding their very first speeding ticket that they promised they were never going to get. Do they deserve it? Or maybe you see this a little bit more like we do in Jacksonville sometimes, you see the person on the side of the road who's got the sign and they're just asking for any money, any help that you can give. A and you've got a 20 in your pocket, so you do. You give it to them and you encourage them and you say, I'm praying for you and I hope that things are going to go well for you. And then the next day as you're driving to work, you see them park their brand new car and then walk back to the spot where they were asking for money. Do they deserve it? Yeah, it's pretty easy, right? You and I understand and we judge so easily and so quickly when it comes to other people and what they should get. And that's why God starts out this picture of his grace with you and me. Because we understand ourselves well too that we don't deserve any gift from God. And then because deep down we know that that is the truth, then we start to look for good things of this world in other places other than God. Then we get stuck in these downward spirals of indulging ourselves and our sinful natures, which leads to guilt and shame and self-medicating. We start to ignore what God would say to us because why would God give me anything good if that's what I really deserve? We know we don't deserve grace. But this is the coolest thing. This is when God steps in. is because he does not let this downward spiral keep going on the path to hell. No. He gives us a gift that we don't deserve. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. From spiritual death to perfect life, God changes us. It starts with him and his love, his mercy, because that's who he is. He works the faith in our hearts and brings us to life. He saves us, not because we've done enough or tried hard enough. It's by his grace. And 
God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness in Christ Jesus. I love that word incomparable here because it's just true. And it reveals that nothing compares to his grace. Jesus is better than the best gift that someone has ever given you or that you could ever give to somebody else because he raises us to be with him. He makes us perfect people who get to go to this perfect place in heaven. And then what we get is this loop back so that what your heart is telling you right now, I'm not really sure that that's for me, we get the loop back for God to remind you one more time. This is what God says. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Being saved by grace through faith is outside of ourselves. It's simply what God does for us. His grace looks like a gift. Oh yeah, and in Jesus, we see how awesome this gift is. Our eyes light up. We get smiles on our faces because this is a gift with an eternal impact. Not just a couple minutes like these glow sticks, unfortunately. Not an hour, not a day. This is a forever thing. It's a gift that gives us absolute confidence, too. While we struggle and fight our sinful natures, we know what Jesus has done for us. We know that we are forgiven, that God does love us, that this is the gift that we need right now in our lives that is going to bring us up and out of this downward spiral that we've been feeling, that we're going to get reconnected with God through his word so that he keeps feeding our faith because he's the one that's going to do this for us. Grace looks like a gift, and yeah, it's the best gift that's ever been given. She wept that day as she followed the casket down the road. She'd been through this experience before with her husband when he died, and now she had to go through the same thing again, except this wasn't her husband. This this was her son that she had raised from that tiny child. And now she followed this and she cried. And the whole town came and cried with her. They mourned with her. They weeped. They wept right next to her and didn't really help. He was too young. He had so much life to live ahead of him. He was all she had left. It was that same day that Jesus walked into their city that was called Nain that day. And when Jesus saw her and her weeping and the crowd around her and the body, his heart went out to her. Jesus went up and he touched the coffin and he said, young man, I say to you, Get up. 
And that day, in the middle of that funeral procession, the dead young man got up, and Jesus gave him back to her. From the worst day of that woman's life to the best day from this funeral procession to this miracle party thing going on, Jesus brought him back, and he gave her a gift like nothing else. That, brothers and sisters, that's our God the one who has the power to change what looks as permanent as death. But to him, it's nothing. He is the one who gives us this gift of his grace, a gift that doesn't cover over just some mistakes. It's not a gift that Jesus starts and you do the rest. Grace is a permanent and solid foundation gift from God to you. He brings spiritually dead people to life so that we'll never die spiritually again. And you can count on his grace to work. Like he did in baptism today. Or your baptism when you were baptized. Like he does through his word when we read it and we hear about Jesus. Like every time we take the Lord's Supper and we eat and we drink and Jesus says this is for you, for forgiveness, This isn't a sort of or maybe gift. This is certain and solid. His gift is better. His gift lasts. So is it better to give or to get something? That depends. Those tiny toys and seeing a couple smiles on faces, even though I had to stay up late last night, it was absolutely worth it. That was really cool. Thank you guys for letting me experience that. And it might be the way that God has kind of gifted you to show love to other people, to give gifts. Giving gifts is good. Do it, Christians. But when the gift is God's grace, Jesus, forgiveness, new life, eternal life in heaven, we can admit his grace is always going to be better. His gift is good. And we're going to be good with that. Amen.